0: I don't think I could sit here as a GP and say, hand on heart, I felt like it was 100% safe. But I think that that's the case as soon as you leave your front door, you know? I think that there are so many things that you can encounter, you know, depending on where you go. Your risk could be just the same going into central London at uh, the weekend or, you know, to Covent Garden. So I think... It's just about, it's about the choice, isn't it, that you make and you're accepting that there is going to be more risk in everything that we do. Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Medic Mum Podcast with me, Dr. Poonam. And me, Dr. Steph. So in usual Medic Mum Podcast form, we are going to start off with sharing our mum win or mum fail of the week. So Poonam, tell me, what are you you sharing with me this week? (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, actually, you know, my d- default setting is always <laughs> onto my fails, my yeah. many, many fails. But this week, actually, I'm going to focus on some mum wins. Hooray! Um, I'm really actually proud of myself. I'm rarely proud of myself, but on this one I am because I think just recently I've been feeling so overwhelmed. I think that we talk about the juggle so much in this uh, podcast, but really just recognize that I got to a point where... I just needed my mum. <laughs> like, I was like, I need a break. It's it's all too much. The work, the kids, just never having downtime. And now that restrictions have eased, and you actually can just make use of going around to your mum's house and just go and help. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I did last week. I just went round to my mum's house and just handed the kids over. And it's it's one of those situations actually that you have an initial bit of guilt because you you know that you're going over knowing that you're going to get a bit of help mm-hmm. but equally I think it's just a win-win like we walk through the doors my parents are so happy to see the grandkids um, they're so happy to see my parents um, and nobody actually cares about me and actually that's a lovely thing. <laughs> it's like, I'm just going to go and just slip slink upstairs away. Yep. and go to like my old bedroom. Aww. And there's just something really lovely. I find it such a comfort where I can just lie on my old bed. Mm. And, you know, your parents haven't changed it from like the many moons that you've moved out. And you can just lie and just be. Yeah. Um, so I did that, it took some time out for me and I've really been prioritizing. You know, for me, I've just recently started the gym. I just thought, you know, 16 months, postpartum mm-hmm. like you really need to actively consciously try and make some time which is hard it's almost stressful mm-hmm. trying to to get those moments to myself yeah. but I've been doing it wherever I can and and just being so yeah that's so good a bit of refresh
0: that's so good
1: long may this continue yeah
0: good for <laughs> you as well because I think that it can be really hard to recognize that um that that's what yeah. you need right and so being able to do that and get some help I mean we could all do with a little bit of help and I think that if you if you have um have that opportunity then seize it and yeah like you said you will always you know I I have it too um you feel like a little bit guilty um almost because you feel like I don't know why we put this pressure on ourselves you feel like you should be doing it all but the reality is you know it's impossible no one does it all by themselves Um, and so yeah having that time to yourself super super important as well so a good reminder for me good reminder hopefully for anyone listening as well who needs it but um yeah to validate that we all deserve a bit of self-care absolutely
1: absolutely so tell me Tell me what you're <laughs> sharing this week. I'm a little bit
0: embarrassed. It's gonna be a mum Oh, it's, I like it when it starts like that It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a mum fail. Um so recently we went on holiday to New Yorker, which was really lovely, and actually completely resonate with what you were saying because we went away with my parents and then my sister and her husband as well. So oh, you lush. know, it's so nice to be with them, especially after all this time, like actually to spend like a sustained period of time with them. My sister to, uh and her husband they don't live near us so they haven't seen the girls as much and especially the younger one you know they've
1: mm. it's just
0: nice for them to be around but also extra pairs of hands for us um yes. because holidays can always be a bit of a juggle can't they with little ones but um yeah so this already sounds like a massive win well right? i know that's your... the thing? i'm setting it up but this is i guess this is the right, whole, okay. like instagram versus reality isn't it um so it was a lovely lovely trip but you know before we went away You told Uh me you were like because you'd been away, and he said, "Steph, don't forget the sling." (laughs) Now we took it with us. We did an entire episode. What did you forget? No, we took it with us. We took the sling with us, but we forgot to take it out with us on this, like, day trip that we'd done into town. Um, And that day we had decided that we were going to climb these steps. And I don't know how many steps there are, but they're, like, these old kind of cobblestone steps. And, you know, it takes, like, 15 minutes to walk up. And it's to this, like, lovely kind of old, really small church at the top. But we get there and... Yeah, we realized that we haven't put the sling at the bottom of the buggy. Um, So, I mean, it's not like I know you were in like the Scottish Highlands somewhere. So it's not quite like, you know, (laughs) a mountain. But still, there were a lot of steps. It was like 38 degree (laughs) heat that day. It was like the worst day to go up there. So, um, yeah, my husband. With a toddler. So my eldest, bless her, she walked up um We had to stop a little bit on the way, but she walked up and she was actually like such a hero at doing it. But the little one, like obviously she can't, fifteen mm. months old, she can't walk up it. So, um so Akash had to carry her the whole way. It <laughs> was just like, oh, I, I why did we forget the sling? I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we've done this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you like just stand there and pose nicely, and we got the
0: photo. <laughs> I know well, that's the most important thing. We have got the photo at the top right, and then games <laughs> yeah. free back down. <laughs> so yeah. Um, even though despite all of your advice we we took it there but we actually forgot it still so i don't know what we're going to do i with know those, i know honestly, but equally but... the thought of having to strap a little one to yourself when it's so hot as well you know it just gets like that's the other really thing sticky. yeah anyway yeah, fast world problems okay. i know you, you made it to the top <laughs> yeah. you made it to the bottom and uh,
1: yeah i think this is this is a thing it's it's no matter how much it's 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 another sort of sign of just mental load isn't it That you yeah. always forget the most important thing that will actually aid the way but I'm sure it was a good one I know well, the, I the girls had hers, their matching dresses arms. and the
0: photo that we got at the top was really cute so that's um that's yeah, the best
1: exactly apartment. and and you've got a story to yeah. share as a result of it <laughs> but on seriously we you know have talked about holidays a little bit last time mm-hmm. but I think just one of the questions that I get asked a lot on sort of Instagram DMs, especially right now, because we are in holiday mode. Restrictions have lifted pretty much most of them in England and we're heading there this week coming in Scotland. Mm-hmm. People are now travelling again and we're travelling abroad and we're allowed to to you know to go places. So I think it's important that we probably touch on the common questions of like, how do you travel safely in the current times mm-hmm. when you're traveling far with young children? So we thought this week we would focus on some of the essentials that we have found to be helpful, including medical things. Um So tell me, Steph, because obviously you have flown. I've not flown yet yeah. um abroad and I'm, I'm still I'm still sitting on the anxious Side of the table, yeah. Um, how was it? How was flying out to Mioke?
0: Yeah, so I, I think that that's really is a good point. with what you said. You're saying, you know, you're feeling anxious about, it. and I think that despite i think i guess what we've said a lot on this podcast maybe even on our channels that it's so important to do what you feel comfortable with right just because Mm, you can doesn't mean you have to and just because other people are doing it as well doesn't necessarily mean that that's what you should be doing it's not like these things aren't allowed but if you're looking at someone going on holiday thinking you know there's no way i could do that at the moment like don't feel bad don't feel guilty um equally for me, because we have been on holiday and abroad and I know that we've shared it as well. I don't want anyone to, again, think that I'm saying, well, everyone should, you know, should be doing this either. Yeah. It's so about staying in your comfort zone. Um Exactly. But, do you know what, the journey out there and back, in terms of on... In the airport and on the plane, I have to say it was quite varied. So I think inevitably airports are going to be busier, um, especially, you know, at the moment because you can travel. So it was busy. I think, you know, we flew by... Ryanair those queues are always long aren't they and is that still the case because there's such a mixed bag online like you see
1: some people going airports are empty they're dead nobody's traveling but is it still quite busy on some of the smaller like busier airlines yeah so
0: I think it just depends like you said maybe I think it depends on the airline I think it depends on what time of day you are at the airport because we actually had quite contrasting journeys so the journey out there we flew out from Stansted the Ryanair queue was long but you know was moving and actually the plane itself wasn't full so you know you would see like there were empty rows. there was like empty rows behind us empty seats in front of us as well so in terms of, like, at capacity, no, they're not at capacity because, you know, in the middle of summer, a flight out to New York that would definitely be full. And actually, when we arrived in the airport as well, it wasn't busy at all. It was, um, it was super quiet. Uh, but I could see that departures was really busy. And so, but the whole mm. process was very smooth. In contrast, coming back, it was a lot busier um, at, at both ends. Uh, and... Again, I think that's just because of the time of day, I suppose. So it's really, it's really difficult to predict. Like is what I, I guess my message would be. So, um, like, and how did you find all the paperwork and
1: things? I mean, did you have any sort of issues with that?
0: No. So the well, no issues out there and, and back. I think it is a lot to get your head round, isn't it? And you, it, I think that's the bit that can cause a little bit of anxiety as well. Is make, you know, well making sure, you know, it's already difficult enough to pack and get away and remember your passports, let alone any extra forms and tests that you need. So I appreciate that that is definitely an added layer of um, things to remember. But for us, we didn't have run into any problems like some of the I think it's just knowing where to find things so you know go to the gov.uk website make sure that you're reading really clearly what the entry requirements are for the country and then for when you come back as well um because uh we were flying um back from spain which was an amber list country so for here we had to have made sure that we had booked a day two pcr test um before we came back so that was the kind of the one thing that um Sometimes so you book that get before gone. you we you booked, go, it, we booked that... it before we went i mean you can book it any time before you come back obviously but we just thought you have to show proof yeah. that you've got um, an appointment so you know i've had friends who have booked it on their way to the airport to come back because they've you know realized that they have to so as long as it's before you come back as long as you can show them proof um there's also like something called a passenger locator form that you have to have completed online like 48 hours before all of those things are things that they will ask for at check-in um but like I said, you know, it will it will vary between countries. So you've just got to check um, and make sure you've kind of ticked all the boxes. Um, a lot of it is online. And did you
1: feel that because of doing that, did you feel that that made you feel safer? Good question. Knowing that everybody was filling out these forms and therefore everybody really on that plane going with you would have been those that had negative tests.
0: Yeah, so... Coming back, yes. Flying out there, not necessarily, because if you are... Because we were double vaccinated, we didn't have Mm -hmm. to show any tests when we were flying out there. Um, All right, okay. Yeah, just when we were coming back. So, uh, yeah, it's not always going to be the case, um, I think. So I think that... I don't think I could sit here as... GP and say hand on heart I felt like it was a hundred percent safe but I think that that's the case as soon as you leave your front door you know I think that there are so many things that you can encounter you know depending on where you go your risk could be just the same going into central London at uh, the weekend or you know to Covent Garden so I think it's just about it's about the choice isn't it that you make and you're accepting that there is going to be more risk in everything that we do Mm. um I think that in terms of being able to social distance I guess the plane is probably the hardest place to do it because you're all so close but equally there were free Mm. spaces and free seats as well so and actually their policy was that you weren't able to just you know hang out in the aisle you know like sometimes you you would or be able to kind of get up and walk up and down the plane loads if you were uh queuing for the bathroom or something like that they would say oh you know we'll we'll call you we'll let you know and they were basically trying to manage it in that way um so yeah I think there is certainly an element of risk there um Mm. and it's kind of did you
1: feel you were able to keep the girls kind of you know suitably Contained, I know that i <laughs> contained. <laughs> right, because yeah. certainly, if, if my toddler is to go anything by, you know, keeping her sitting in a seat any length of time. Yeah. Right now, the
0: car seat's just a bit of a nightmare. And even driving sometimes, she's just like, oh my God, how are we going to get through this? Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, this is the thing. So my eldest, she was absolutely fine. She, we, just, we just gave her her iPad and she kind of sat very happily. Mm. The lesser one was a little bit more tricky. But because we had a... You know, because we had a row of three and then my mum and dad were in like the next row we basically just kept on like passing her up and down <laughs> <Us>. <laughs> you know she would like sit on one person's lap fine she'd get bored you like pass her on to the next person uh so in that like she yeah she it was fine from that sense but it was like you know it was like a two I think it was two-hour flight and it Mm, felt like a lot big yeah not so long but it actually felt quite quite long (laughs) because I I was thinking (laughs) we would normally fly long haul actually um and I just said to Akash I was like I'm not sure we could actually now with two it's just it just changes things so much um yeah. with, with two little ones in tow so but yeah from that point a few things were okay and actually once we got to New York you know everything because the weather was good everything is outside um again like places were more busy um but for example like on the beach you know no we're not all sitting next to each other everyone kind of had their little spot on the beach and stuff so once we got there it, it felt just like it was here and they've got the same mm-hmm. Policies. Actually, people were really good with mask wearing um, abroad. And actually, do you know who were really good? All of the elderly people. A lot oh, of people. I'm so happy the, to hear yeah, that. Yeah, a lot of people in the because we were staying near the old town. Um, I think there's quite a big like elderly population around there. And even outside, we're kind of walking around like to go to the shops. Um, I saw lots of. Gosh, and that doing heat it. was that okay? I know. Um, I found it okay because I think I'm just used. You know, you're just used to it now. You're just used to, like, tropical weather in <sighs> London, are <you? laughs> yeah, no. Well, the central <laughs> line on the tube um, is pretty much the same. Like, so uncomfortable. But uh, well, we didn't wear it, like, we didn't wear them outside. Um, but I would see, like, elderly people having, like, coffee or something together outside. And actually, they, some of them would be wearing it, wearing theirs at the table. Yeah, that's really reassuring to yeah. hear, actually. Yeah. Because
1: they are ultimately the ones that really you worry about. Yeah. Um, yeah exactly but, so that all sounds really positive yeah. and then obviously you had the ha- like the help with your
0: your family there yeah and- well that's the, and also we stayed in an airbnb so i think that yeah you know, we went in a hotel so that again felt uh from that point of view we weren't obviously coming into contact with anyone else so that felt mm-hmm uh that definitely felt safe as well and then I think just easier sometimes with kids but um so I don't have any experience of staying in hotels abroad so I think I'd be Mm. interested to you know hear how people have got on with that um but Yeah. yeah I think overall positive and um but it's the you know it is the airport and the flight that I think that you've kind of got to wrap your head around, if that's something that you're unsure about.
1: Yeah, yeah, and as I, as we said at the very beginning, you know, this is this is really insightful. I mean, it's actually quite comforting to hear for me too. Um, you know, we're big travellers in our in our household, but it's been one of the things that it just feels how are we almost back to school here in Scotland, and we've not been away for so long that yeah. you know we all move our own paces and you've just got to do what feels right for you yeah. um but certainly hearing that has 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 been comforting and hopefully um at some point in the future I might be able to let my guard down. Yeah,
0: well, I think that's the, um, it's a stepwise thing and just like with when lockdown was easing and you know with freedom day and in inverted commas as everyone was calling it um yeah. we all like you said we'll move um at our own time so yeah
1: Exactly. But that said, so in terms of travelling then, um, what's the kind of things that we would recommend that you have? And I think it is important, preparation is key and especially if you're going abroad as well, you always want to make sure that you've got your really important essential Mm -hmm. in like first aid things um, because you never know like when you're going to need it and trying to access any first aid things abroad, especially if it's foreign language can be tricky so I would always advise that you have a bag that is made up of of things like just even something as basic as needing a thermometer Mm, yeah okay you want to especially in this current climate right now fever is one of the biggest um you know most important symptoms that we see alongside things like coughing and runny noses and sneezing loss of sense of taste or smell everybody knows these off by heart but having a thermometer to hand particularly in the hot climates as well you want to know has child got a fever because the the criteria wouldn't change even I'd imagine yeah Steph like when you were in New York like you would still have to just undergo if your babies developed any symptoms it would be a PCR over there is that correct yes
0: yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So it's kind of
1: standardized, isn't it, across the board? Mm. So that's definitely something that you would want to take. Other things um, that I've always got is I always take paracetamol with me um, and uh, ibuprofen. Now, make sure that you can take that, that that there's no issues with the adverse effects. But certainly having those on hand um, are very helpful, as well as something for allergies. Mm. So just taking an antihistamine, chlorphenamine, otherwise usually commonly known as is is a good one to have if there's any... Allergic reactions, any insect bites, anything like that. um I'm trying to think, like also, um, what, what else I took. I've always got Savlon, and remember carry lots yeah. of your hand sanitizers with you. Oh yeah, lots of like, like wipes, one in every and disinfectant bag. wipes.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you know what and actually the dis- wipes Disinfectant wipes was so helpful as well when we were away. Because again, when you know when you're sitting down mm. outside you know outside as well just to like wipe things down or even if you're on the plane for example and you know you just want to wipe the handles down and things you know around you really really helpful. Mm.
1: Exactly and when we went up north and this was only in Scotland um, we took along sort of uh, insect repellents Mm. and some of that jungle cream stuff so again very helpful for when you are traveling with little ones. Yeah. And plasters, always have lots of plasters. Always plasters. Um, yeah, exactly. And those wee ice pack things that you can just kind of dump in a fridge if you've got one in the oh, room. Oh, yeah. Uh, just to kind of keep, because, yeah. yeah, bumping of heads and knees and bruises. Mm-hmm. Um, as they slip on the sides of oh yeah, not that I've had any of these experiences at all. <laughs> it does it does help when you're not just actually taking a bottle of beer to their head and going, Let's just rub this on your head for a while and not done that either, of course. Um,
0: <laughs> sometimes you've just got to be resourceful, okay? <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> that's it for me and a little touch <laughs> in the head yeah. for you um <laughs> can you what was the other things is anything else that you took or you would recommend because you actually did a series of really
0: helpful stories so yeah your... so one thing i want to mention also is the so the like you said the jungle cream the mosquito repellent that you take i think a lot of people mm-hmm. um worry about that there are ones that are safe to have for kids um and then for adults as well like a lot of people that I speak to they have these you know huge reactions to bites and I certainly am one of those people as well I will get bitten and it will just flare up so much um it goes really Ooh, red you got the sweet blood yeah, exactly and how that's what my mum always tells me she's like you're tasty And that." Like, oh. I really wish I wasn't um and like they go red around it and they get this kind of ring like border so uh Basically, what you're looking at is the content of DEET. DEET is like the active ingredient. So that the higher percentage of DEET, the better. Um, and I think for the specific like Jungle Formula One, this is not sponsored by them, obviously, uh, but I think their maximum strength is 50%. But I think there are other brands as well that you can get where there is higher a higher percentage, but you will also notice that with the higher you go, Um, be careful because you want to wash your hands afterwards because that stuff will just like melt away things like nail varnish I don't know if you've ever experienced that before Um, yeah, no, absolutely. It's so funny, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so that is good. Um, obviously, sun cream as well. Uh, I would recommend SPF 50 for the whole family. Um, they're yeah. really great family friendly ones that you can buy. I love Sunsense. Um, we used a really great bioderma one this time round, but also Altruist is a brand mm. that I've learned about recently. It's actually uh developed by a dermatologist, and more importantly, it's affordable. I think you can go on Amazon and you can buy like huge tubs of it. Um but it's it's really good stuff. Oh, that's
1: good to know. I didn't know that. Yeah. I tend to, yeah. Because I think sometimes I think you it's, know,
0: it's it can be expensive, can't it? Sun cream.
1: Oh, it's it is expensive. And I think sometimes though people tend to think, well, the more expensive it is, the better mm-hmm. it is. And that's not the case at all. No. You're essentially wanting to look at the how high the factor is, and I would always say yes, fifty, no less than. Yeah. Um especially when it comes to children. Yeah. But also, you want to look at the star ratings on that as well. Yeah. So, you don't want anything below four stars. Mm-hmm. Um, and the kind of higher that is, the better. But not necessarily is it because it's expensive that that's a good stuff. Yeah. And you need to be reapplying it. So I would always say put it on half an hour before you actually go out, mm-hmm. um, and then thereafter, especially when kids are in the pool and things, you know, you want to be able to make sure that you're applying it as often as possible, keeping them out of midday sun. So that's usually between eleven and three mm-hmm. um, during the day, making sure that you're keeping the kids in the heat i don't think people actually realize that this fact of that if you as a child actually have one sunburn Mm. as a kid it more than doubles your risk of developing melanoma which is the more serious cancer skin cancer later on in life and the more times you sunburn ever you're actually each time increasing and doubling that risk so really important to protect children's skin and especially when they're in water get them out get reapply that stuff and sun hats making sure that they're onto the shade. You can't, you know, the swimsuits are kind of at least giving them coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you do notice that your child has is starting to go pink, so we don't want to wait until you start blistering. Any pinkiness um, is a sign that skin is inflamed and has been injured by the sun. So therefore you need to get your wee one out mm-hmm. and into the shade as soon as possible. That's really important because not only are we talking about sunburn heat and high temperatures can also cause sun exhaustion and yeah, exactly. um, it can lead to things like sunstrokes. and yes that can happen in children too yeah. where they become profoundly dehydrated can become confused can become quite drowsy it can make them really unwell um so it's important we see too many kids don't we, Steph, like in our clinics where they've ex- experienced really deep burns or the skin has become burnt and then become infected. Yeah. Um, but if that does happen when you are abroad uh, and you start to notice perhaps there's a crack in the skin and some it's starting to pus over or anything, your child might need antibiotics, so you do need to get them seen too. Um, and you will have, obviously, doctors out there, so don't just kind of go, well, I'll just wait until we get back mm. um, because especially in terms of skin infections
0: and sepsis and things can progress really quickly yeah exactly I think it's I'm so glad we would make like holidays sound terrible (laughs) I know (laughs) but (laughs) you know what I have to say it was one thing that I noticed like obviously we haven't been abroad on a sunny holiday for a a long time but on the beaches or like just when we were out and about and stuff the thing that really struck me was the lack of sun protection um I honestly think that my two kids so i got them like the long-sleeved upf um swimsuits from jojo like everywhere does them Mm. but you basically want to have upf ones i would just really urge you to buy the long-sleeved you know and kind of the ones that have got Mm. the legs um and then like the sun hat as well that's got the neck protection because with those you don't have to put sun cream on underneath like they are giving mm. you that protection. And we all know if anyone has had to put sun cream on a little one, we all know what a faff it is. They become these like oh, slippery little scary. things or they don't want to do it. And I just think those sunsuits make... <laughs> get sand all over it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it just like, it's you know, it just makes your life so much easier knowing that they are protected. Obviously, you still have to cover all the exposed areas. And I would still say, you know, go under the suit a little bit because inevitably things mm. will ride up. But... They are so helpful to have. I honestly think my two were the only ones, as far as I could see, on where we went that had those suits on. Um, everyone else was in like either like these swim shorts or kind of swimming costumes, which, of course, look completely adorable. I re- you know, I really get that, but are not offering much in the way of sun protection at all yeah. um and also it's definitely
1: in area that is not given enough awareness and I think that we need to do better yeah. because outcomes later on in life are scary the facts are scary yeah and um there's a lot we can do to protect them early on in life just with a little bit of extra care and actually you'll end up saving yourself a lot of like hassle time and money on things like sun cream if you actually just get these protective I mean I yeah. still like with my son he's almost eight yeah. and you know I'll always be like no I need to get you the the, the top as well at the, you know as well as trunks yeah. at the bottom and as much as um possible so yeah I mean we I know we all try as parents but I think even you know I would say I could do better. You well, know, exactly. So there's always room to improve. Yeah,
0: exactly. That's the thing. It's not about kind of getting on a high horse. I guess it's just our it's um my fr- very good friend, she's a dermatologist and you know, I had a really frank discussion with her um before where melanoma is a serious public health uh mm. risk and issue and the I guess the worrying thing is that it's it's not the worrying thing, the important thing and sometimes frustrating thing is that it's preventable. And like you said, it's just about re-educating, isn't it? Because back in the 80s, whenever it was, people were out getting their tans and just being in the sun and the sun was thought to be great for us. But that, you know, that changing has obviously hugely changed in terms of the world of science, but it's still taking a while for that to filter down and so I guess we're just mm. yeah just take this to be as more of like a public health message rather than anything else Absolutely. and apart from our and the children thing is that, oh, sorry. yeah I was saying apart from sorry. our children that also applies to us as well you know I know that again everyone's very excited about going on holidays and wants to get a tan I I was one of those people you know I was a complete sun worshiper back in the day and you know wanted to kind of be out there and get brown but again a tan is still a sign that your skin is being damaged that it's you know that it's not as bad as a sunburn but it is reacting to sunlight and um it's still not ideal there is no such thing as a healthy tan so again you know reconsidering our sun behavior habits um i think is also really important too yeah
1: the other thing is that we obviously talk about the fact that the sun is important for one major thing which is vitamin d
0: mm-hmm.
1: and people often go well if i want to get vitamin d from the sun then you know if i put sun cream on then i won't absor- that's yeah. a myth. yes you can absolutely absorb lots of goodness and make lots of vitamin d from the sun mm-hmm. with your sun protection on yeah so it's important that you don't let that be a barrier to your sort of sun protection behavior as steph said so i think we've gone on completely agree i know i think you get the message (laughs) unexpected but i think so important i know absolutely um so nobody on that listens to this should ever go out without sun cream Mm. uh but i think that those kind of things are really important and the other thing is when you are out and about with your children you especially in hot climate you need to up the fluids mm, yeah, uh, you definitely. know so what they drink double it pretty much because they're going to be losing water a lot through not just activity but doing activity in the heat mm. but secondly when we have had sun on our skin it causes you to dehydrate because the skin absorbs even more mm. so making sure whether it's water if they won't take water lots of ice lollies you know all that goodness that we love in holidays mm. um and I think that that is pretty much the kind of stuff that I take with me. I don't think there's anything else that I have in my little toolkit. You've always got the wee bag full of, you know, your essentials. But I mm. think that that pretty much covers it. If you are... um sort of bottle feeding your baby, then you may might want to, or if, if they've got soothers or whatever, remember to your dummies, take along with you. You know, I tend to love the I think it is it Milton. Is it is yeah. that, it's Milton, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. They're, you know, sterilizing. They have like yeah, tablets. Those, those they've got little really bags as well that you can just essentially soak stuff into. Mm-hmm. So yeah, take that along. We always take our own um so- soap powder as well like those wee capsules that you can just put it into the bathtub yeah Um. at the end of the day just to give clothes of because inevitably with children you know there's always accidents especially with babies yeah <laughs> um and it just means that you can you can kind of keep things super clean yeah for
0: them yeah, yeah. I agree Another... so, anything else that you took along with you that we haven't so mentioned? not medical but I guess kind of like useful things I would say is a snooze shade have you got one have you heard of it before a snoosh- snoosh- oh, is that something to put over the buggy? Yeah, exactly. So it's basically... So I guess this is another thing is that actually putting a muslin over a buggy, to, you know, to kind of yes. make it dark or whatever um, is not an ideal thing to do. Please don't worry if you, if you have done it. I, I think the key thing is that... It, the worry is that there's not enough ventilation um and so that's not something that you want to be doing for a prolonged period of time or if there is you know if there's no breeze so a snooze shade is fantastic because it's essentially like a rain cover um but it's like a soft material and it's breathable but it also provides sun protection um and it's just a really nifty thing and because it's black it kind of helps to block out the light as well so really handy if your little one is napping on the go but you're in a hot sunny country um so yeah I would definitely recommend that what else uh I could a travel buggy I know it's not essential but you know being able to have something that's quite nifty doesn't take as much space um maybe even one that you can put in the overhead compartment rather than the hold is really handy oh my goodness and actually we took our we have a you have a yo-yo as well don't you yeah. We took that along because we've had it for ages, and you can fit it in the overhead compartment, but something I learned on Ryanair is that if you want to carry it on with you, you have to book priority boarding oh, if you don't book priority boarding, it basically counts as a piece of luggage so you know if you have a if you don't have a bag, that's fine, the buggy can be your bag, but if you've got a bag, you have to have booked priority boarding as well, which we didn't know um and we actually ended up having to check our um the buggy and at the at the gate so just a little thing a tip if anyone is flying Ryanair with a buggy um yeah so you don't get caught out
1: yeah that's really helpful to know actually thanks for sharing that um but yeah but I think all in all it's you know it's it's a lot of it is common sense I think just medically it's just kind of making sure that you're keeping your kids safe and of course if they are of age where they're able to and willing to wear face coverings
0: Mm.
1: you know i would encourage probably if i if i was to go i certainly would want to especially in like indoor crowded places because you don't really know where people like who you're meeting where they're coming from you can control what's happening from the uk outward Mm -hmm. and back inward but you don't really know where other people sort of are traveling in from yeah so i think if your kids are able to and then yeah just keep hand sanitizing keep hand washing
0: um and i think that's about it really isn't it (laughs) I have one more thing to add. This Ooh, is yes. this, um, my allergy hat on so obviously if you're an allergy parent you'll be carrying medication for your little one no doubt Um, so something that we find really handy are these things called med pack bags Uh, so they're like insulated pouches but they're bright orange so they're always going to be easy to identify and actually those are just the things that we keep her medication in from day to day anyway Um, so you can take that along with you Um, you can obviously you would take it in hand luggage and I would recommend for anyone taking it that you take along your action plan or a clinic letter from your consultant just so that there's proof that you are meant to be carrying this medication along with you. Also Even though the bags are insulated, um, it can get very hot. And obviously the adrenaline pens, if you've got them, have got to be kept within under a certain temperature. So you can buy these. um, So probably similar to what you'd about, like gel ice packs that you can, that are Mm. reusable, that you can use to put in the packs as well, even if you're out and about during the day. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, that's a kind of handy little tip too.
1: That's so helpful. And it's all these things actually when you're preparing for a holiday that you don't necessarily mm. factor in or take you know I we're sitting here spouting off all these things that you should be taking and doing and you know we forget lots of things including the sling <laughs> the babies <Let's> <laughs> yeah. <Let's go>. yeah. <laughs> I left the baby sleeping at home Oh, sugar <laughs> we forgot to wake up <laughs> But I do hope that this week's episode was helpful for you uh, if you are thinking or contemplating travelling, whether that is here in the UK or whether that is abroad. It's a funny time that we are navigating right now and we just can't wait to times where we won't need to to overcomplicate the travel with what has become COVID-centric times Um, but if you have got any other things that you perhaps find helpful or useful for when you have traveled um, we'd love to hear from you anything that you share is always really helpful to the community so do send us that in whether that is on instagram at the medic mums or whether it is via our website on medicmums.com
0: great and also if you've enjoyed listening to this episode or any of our other episodes we would love it if you could leave us a rating and review on apple podcasts But until next time, take care. (laughs) Bye. Bye.